All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, we got a lot of Cowboys talk to get into, and I'm glad we got my man Harge, our resident Cowboys fan here to help us break it down. Uh, you can always be a part of the show. You're the most important part of this thing. Uh, 512-337-3776. That's the number to the Specs text line. Uh, you also can hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Davis in the Twitterverse. I'm at Harge at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. And Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. But he is on his way to the mood, getting ready for Texas basketball versus Baylor for Big Monday. So my man Corey is back there twisting and tweaking the dials. And he is at, uh, I, why do I keep forgetting this? You Corey right Gidry there. 11? There it is. Okay, in Twitter. There with a K. With a K, K, by the way. With a K. I uh, love this text here. It says, Rod has true PTSD. The man played the most violent, dangerous sport in America, and now he's scared of anything with some risk. <laughs> that is true. Very much I so. I am not into what I have come to describe as organize life-risking activities <laughs> for recreational purposes. Love it. Which a lot of my friends like to engage in, which may be uh, water sports or this. Uh, hell, you're going hike. Craigway goes hiking like through the Appalachian Mountains. That is organized life-risking activity for recreational purposes. Football is an organized life-risking activity, but not for recreational purposes. I got paid, and I was on scholarship. So mm-hmm. that's why I took that risk. Uh, I don't like taking unnecessary risks. And, yeah, I played football. It's risky. But I got paid, and yep. I got a scholarship. So yep. necessary risk for me. Yep. Yeah, me going out to go. Uh, <laughs> you Deep sea fishing. Or going skiing. Yeah. Which I got a lot of friends. They take me skiing all the time. And I tell them, I'm not going out there, but I will drink while y'all ski. I'll and be hang here out here y'all. in the club. I love yep. Hang out in the club and gig it. Boom. That's why I don't ski or do stuff like that. So I'm, just, I'm not against. I'm, that's I'm why not, I ride with Rob, baby, yeah. because we got the same thought process. Yeah, we just, Matter yeah. of fact, I always revert to people and I was like, you know, in my, my contract, they told me I wasn't allowed to do those <laughs> recreational sports. That is true, though. That that is is a, that's a fact. That is a fact. <laughs> you are liable for your own injuries when it comes to that. So I always use that one as that. You know what? I'm stealing that one from your heart. That's a damn good one. You're right. That was in your contract. That was in your agent would tell you, right. hey, hard, you going on a vacation? Dude, don't be doing don't do crazy this, stuff. This or this. Don't get on a skateboard. That's right. Don't be. They be tell you that all the time. For a show. Great point, Harsh. Yep. That's you, the man. That's Appreciate why I, that. I, I use that to my my best. I use it <laughs> to my advantage. Still use it. <laughs> still use this contract. <laughs> my contractual <excuses>. obligations <laughs> state I am to not get allowed out of stuff. to do this. <laughs> it's like, but you don't play ball no more. Well, well you know, I still, still live by that code. You know what I'm saying? I still live by that code. Oh, man, that's great. Uh, all right, well, uh, Kellen Moore, he's living by a new code, and yeah. that code has him with the L.A. Chargers. It's a How different area code. Or, is it, <laughs> uh, he ain't like ludicrous, but nope. he's a different area code. What are your thoughts? Were you surprised at the uh, the really the speed at which a Kellen Moore got a new job because it took no t- how 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 long was he on open market for maybe a day was it twenty four hours it wasn't even twenty it wasn't hours. even twenty four it okay. was like we had just heard about it on Sunday yep. we're texting each other we're mm-hmm. going through everything and by the time we got ready to get up this morning uh, breaking news. Kellen Moore is now the offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm like, dude, just got fired. Just got just got fired. It, it, I don't even know if he picked up all his stuff yet. His stuff was still there probably. I think he took it like the other day, like that last Friday. He was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take all my stuff just in case. Because if all the coaches are gone, I might want to – different office now <laughs> so so i'm gonna go ahead and pack up all my stuff and by that time he was already on a plane to california 
Yeah. I, he was already yeah, out there. I love this, though, Harge. I tell you, I love, I love it for you Cowboys fans, and I'll tell you why. You guys have been dealing with this uh, this this internal conflict, mm-hmm. right? There's a mm-hmm. cognitive dissonance, if you will, about Dak and Kellen Moore and who is responsible for this offense, you know, not living up to expectations and not making enough big plays and big games, all those types of things. Is it more Kellen Moore? Is it Dak Prescott? And now with this grand experiment, you're actually going to be able to find out. You will get a little bit of closure here because Kellen Moore is upgrading in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. right? Is his quarterback skill set upgrading with Justin Herbert? Uh, some would say Chargers have a better wide receiving core than the Cowboys. Uh, you know, so different weapons and depending on the offensive line. I'm not sure if they have a better offensive line than the Cowboys. I think I may take the Cowboys O-line. But I digress. You have a quarterback with a higher ceiling. So if Kellen Moore goes there and takes Justin Herbert's game to the next level, then you got something to think about, Cowboys right. fans. And if Dak Prescott, uh, with Mike McCarthy calling the plays or whoever the offensive coordinator may bring in, if he regresses, uh, then you got something to think about. But it, it, it could happen where both parties now, now they're separated, now that they don't have each other in that relationship holding them back. They could potentially both go on to bigger and better things. We saw this with, I mean, let's not talk in the offseason about Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes and yep. how both of their games was going to fall off and both of their, the production would fall off for both of their players because they didn't have each other. Turns out they both had great years. They both had years just as good, if not better, than when they were together. That is my hope with Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott is that now this, this group that, you know, Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott, who are, as I, I said, they have a weird, not weird, maybe unique is a better way to describe it, unique relationship, probably more unique than any other OC quarterback relationship in the in the NFL because they competed against one another. Uh, they were on the same roster. Then Kellen was his quarterback coach and now his OC. Nobody's really had that path to becoming an OC and quarterback. And it is possible, yes, that that intimacy, it did, it, it, it helped him flourish and thrive at one point, Dak Prescott, as a quarterback. But it's also possible, just like relationships, that that intimacy now is choking his development. Right. It's, it's, it's possible that now that 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 closeness that he and Kellen Moore have is now starting to deter and getting away of his progress. And that's why I understand why parting the parting of ways. And, yeah, it could be mutual. I don't necessarily agree with that. It's that mutual parting, mutual breakups happen in relationships. They're kind of like breakup sex is very rare. But I think, Harsh, this actually was a mutual breakup. I think that both parties involved needed to separate and really, uh, you know, really emancipate themselves from one another. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, like we talk about numerous times, at some point the relationship can get stale. Um, maybe he's not listening. We've had the conversation about maybe he's checking out of plays. Maybe I mean, there's so many different things. And I love the fact, and this goes back to what you said, I love the fact that where people say, well, Dak was the problem. Dak was this. Dak was that. Remember when Dak was not the quarterback for the Cowboys? Don't put it on this year because there was a time where they actually played well. Mm-hmm. They had um, uh, Cooper Rush doing, oh, yeah. taking care of the football without throwing it that often. Mm-hmm. They were using the running game. They were using play action. They were using different a- aspects of the game to make it easier and comparable. Go back to the year when he had to play with Andy Dalton. Go back to the year where they were using three and four different quarterbacks. We just saw what uh, Kyle Shanahan was able to do with yeah. multiple quarterbacks, and it just ran out for them because of the injury. We don't know what would have happened 
if he wasn't uh, injured, but he did get injured, and so they ended up losing the game. Mm-hmm. But go back to that time and tell me that Dak was the problem. That offense was not the same offense. They had better weapons than what they had the last couple of years. I mean, there was a big difference. And so I, I'm with you. Kellen Moore was creative, but he didn't create enough, right? Mm-hmm. When the game started changing yeah. for him, he wasn't there. And Dak was failing him as well. So, like you said, this is a great opportunity for the Dak haters and the Kellen Moore lovers and the Kellen Moore haters and the Dak lovers. Now we get to see what yep, happens on the grandest of scales. I, lo- I love it. I think, and honestly, I am rooting for both. Right. I'm rooting at Kellen Moore, take Justin Herbert's game to the next level, and I'm rooting for Dak now without Kellen Moore to play some of his best fo- best football. But it's going to be on Mike McCarthy. And I, and I truly believe, and this was my conspiracy theory, and I'll tell you what, my conspiracy theory, it might be accurate just based on what's happened so far. When Kellen Moore got called into the office and mm-hmm. they would not guarantee that he was going to return, my conspiracy theory was that Jerry Jones is getting, they got Dan Quinn to come back. We were like, how'd they get Dan Quinn to come right. back? And I said, I believe Jerry Jones had a conversation with Dan Quinn and said, listen, you are my coach, you are my head coach in waiting. All right. That's what I want from you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to let Kellen Moore go. I'm going to tell Mike McCarthy, the offense needs to be your offense. It's not Kellen Moore's offense. It's right. your offense. I want your fingerprints on it. I want you working hands-on with Dak Prescott, and I want you to run your offense. No doubt. And the expectation we all know is you get past the divisional round, get to the conference championship at least, and Dak Prescott takes his game to the next level. All right? Mm-hmm. If And I think we all agree those things are inextricably linked. You, Dak Prescott yep. doesn't go to the next level. You're not going to get past the divisional round. They, those things, Both of those things uh, are connected, in my opinion. And I think if Mike McCarthy fails to do that, Jerry Jones is setting him up, kind of setting him up for failure, matter of fact, mm-hmm. that if he doesn't either have a top five to ten offense, which Kelly Moore had, doesn't get past the divisional round to the conference championships mm-hmm. at least, and or have Dak Prescott take his game to the next level, you'll finally have your justification to fire Mike McCarthy and move on to a Dan Quinn and or, or maybe a Sean Payton is what he wants to move on to. I don't really know. Uh, my point is I, I – I think that conspiracy theory just went from conspiracy theory to foreshadowing a potential conclusion, a logical one for the Cowboys. But is the conclusion is the conclusion Dak or is the conclusion Mike McCarthy? It'd be because Mike McCarthy his contract first. will be a little. Uh, you you will get some relief from his contract mm-hmm. next year. So if he if that is the case and everybody wants to move on, I I, I know we talked about this earlier because you always talk about breaking tendency, right? Yep. Cowboys need to break tendency and draft a quarterback. They need to draft a quarterback in this deal. Because, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of Dak. I'm going to continue to ride with him until I can't. And mm-hmm. I, I and he he uh, he lost me for a while because I realized you can't do the things that you've done this past year, but those are things that are out of character. Mm-hmm. That's not who he – that's not how he plays the game. So I'm, I'm going to try to give him an opportunity with this Mike McCarthy experiment. But the biggest thing is not even an experiment. It is what it is. Who is going to be the other coach to come in? Because you got to replace a lot of people on that you staff. Do. So there has to be a lot of continuity 
moving forward for them to be successful coming up this year. No, you're right. I think I think whoever <laughs> I think Mike McCarthy is going to call a place and it will be his offense. And I'm not upset about that. Some Cowboys fans are saying, "Oh, Mike McCarthy fell off," and they're bringing up the Aaron Rodgers quotes about Mike McCarthy and all that kind of stuff. I think Mike McCarthy is a respected, and I I do think he's a good offensive mind. Like period, offensive mind, whether it be play designer, play caller, coordinator, whatever. Uh, I I'm with you. Though. I want some. I wanted to bring in someone who is on the cutting edge of very progressive concepts um, offensively to be his kind of sounding board or to kind of be a creative uh, outlet, whatever it may be. So I think you got to look for as, you know, progressive uh, young minds. And if they're not young, I don't mean they have to be young, but at least the way they approach offense needs to be one that is about cutting edge concepts and designs. So I know some people are bringing up Cliff Kingsbury's name. Somebody, Eric Bieniemy is a name that people have brought up. I don't think Eric Bieniemy is going to go anywhere unless he can call the plays. So that probably is going to be out. It'd be a stupid move to go somewhere where you're not calling the plays. And right now you are calling some plays based right. on what Andy Reid says. <clears throat> and then you're going to go somewhere where you're not calling plays. Where now you're not getting credit for even calling the plays with Andy Reid. That's that's a backward step. He's not going to come to the Cowboys for that. So let me ask you this: In that same vein, if I know we're going to transition. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's takes that job in Houston. If he if he ends up being the head coach, oh yeah, does does he make that call to Eric Bieniemy to come run that offense? That's a great question. Because that will Ooh. give him that. Because he's a straight defensive minded coach. If you bring in somebody that can run the offense that has had success in this league, Ooh. and this gives Eric Bieniemy an opportunity to mm. be, there would be nobody else calling the plays. D'Amico Ryan is not the offensive mind. Yeah. He's defense. Will this be an opportunity for him to say, wow. here we go. Man, this is my shot. That's a great question. Because my concern, if I, I'm trying to put myself in D'Amico Ryan's shoes, if I'm D'Amico Ryan's, my big concern would be, and not necessarily about calling plays and the offensive coordination and play design. I think Eric Bieniemy can handle that because he's been around Andy Reid so long. I think he can handle some of that. I'm worried about the quarterback development of our number one or number two overall pick, whatever they decide to well, do. Well, you bring in a quarterback coach. You bring in a quarterback coach, yeah. one you got to trust. And yeah. so that would be my that's – my, so that's my biggest concern is not necessarily yeah. the offense. I think Eric Benjamin would bring in really progressive offensive concepts. Yeah, no doubt. I'm worried about the quarterback development. And he's not known for being that. Yeah. So you're right. That, yep. That's why your quarterback coach will be big for me. If you yep. hire Eric Bieniemy, so it's got to be a group and let let him yeah. say, "You're my OC. Go get your quarterback coach to help with the development of this." Yeah. If you, I mean, obviously you're not going to be the one to do that, but make sure that you get somebody that can help develop these yep. guys. That'd be big for me. Yep. Um, but I, I no, I'm with you. Eric Bieniemy, be that'd be a hell of a move. That'd be big time. Yep. And. It'd be a road the dice because nobody, for some reason, they haven't given Eric Bieniemy a chance at being a head coach um, because they don't believe that he's calling the plays, even though Andy Reid has said several times <laughs> that Eric Bieniemy is calling plays with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm with you. I think it'd be it'd be worth it'd be worth it for yeah. the for the Texans to yeah. do it. I'm, 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 and I I'm think all it aboard. would be worth and I think it would be worth it for Eric Bieniemy because you get to shape this young whoever you get whoever at quarterback. Is, yep. And you will get to help build something in Houston because the defensive side of the ball, D'Amico Ryan's, if he gets this job, he knows. He sees it. There's oh, yeah. a lot of talent on that defensive yes, squad for, for the Houston Texans. Yep. So, now, And you got I – know, I know people don't like the, the, the offense for the Texans, and I will agree it is an offense that's lackluster to say the least. Mm-hmm. They got really good tackles. 
Yeah. They got they Titus, Titus Howard and Laramie Tunsil at the yeah. tackle position. Yep. So they actually do have two of the best bookend tackles in all of football. That's a great place to start building, right. you know, kind of a, a fortress nice running back. around. Yeah, exa- nice young running back. Yeah. Your point, Damian Pierce. Yeah. So they do Rookie have some contract. pieces on offense, yeah, to build around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like the Eric Bieniemy, uh suggestion by you. I'll also say for D'Amico Ryans coming in, and right now it, it they're all, all the reports are that D'Amico Ryans is the front runner and he's their top finalist for the Houston Texans head coaching vacancy. Um, I'll throw out there as well, I, I, w- I would like to see who his associate head coach is going to be yeah. because he's never been a head coach before. Hey, bring in David Culley and Lovey Smith. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You still on that payroll? Come on back over here and help your boy. But you know what I'm saying? For him yeah. who's never been a head coach before, I think it's going to be big bringing on – because he's bringing on Eric Bieniemy, also someone who's never been a head coach. Right. So I'd like him yeah, to Yeah, he needs somebody to yeah. Well, I'd yeah, like him to be yeah, be very him. deliberate yeah. about who his assistant head coach is going to be I like that. and bring in somebody with a lot of experience at like being that. a head coach. And I think that would be the only thing that'll hold him back just cuz he's never done it. Right. And I think he may build his staff with a lot of guys who haven't been head coaches because he's going with younger guys who have probably been on Shannon's staff True. or on Robert Sala's staff now yep. or yep. Mike McDaniel's staff. Or Mike he's going McD- I think he's going to build a hell of a staff. Yep. I think oh, he's going to build a hell of a staff because he's so connected now. Yeah. That Shano tree is a good tree to pluck from. It is. It's it's a really fruitful tree to pluck from. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about D'Amico Ryan's coming on. I mean, and, and he played for the Texans. You have lost so much credibility with the public. The public hates the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. They were, I'm talking about the, the Texans fans. They really hate their you own saw it franchise. Because they stopped coming to the they games. They stopped coming to the games. Yeah. And you lost a lot of credibility with the Jack Easterby hiring. And you lost a lot with the with Deshaun Watson. That's not all your fault, by the way. But it was just a terrible situation overall. And mm-hmm. you've been losing games. And you fired back to back coaches, one and done coaches. D'Amico Ryans is known for being one of the best defensive players in the history of the franchise. You bring him back. He brings guys like Andre Johnson back. Yep, yep. And makes sure guys like JJ. Watt come around, then you get your credibility with all the the fans. And I'm with you. You want to build a buzz? I like your Eric B. Enemy take. Bring in Eric B. Enemy. Yeah. I, I got no problem with that. And I'm sure there's another offensive coordinator that should be in consideration. But talk about buzz. That would give you a lot of buzz. People would come out to watch oh, for sure. what that offense is going to look like with your brand new franchise quarterback, whoever it's going to be. Exactly. Yeah, and Eric B. Enemy, he's just got to get the hell out of Kansas City. He, he has to. The, he's Unless in, he's just really complacent with where he is. He's not. Otherwise, he wouldn't be taking these interviews. Right. Well, you still would take him. Because you want to know what it's like. You know, you want to be in those he's conversations. He's been taking interviews been for five years. Yeah, like five years now. He's in the friend zone for coaches. <laughs> he's never going to get there, man. That's why you got to leave, man. You got to leave. You got you, your, your ceiling is there because that's all you got. And, but the biggest risk will be you don't have a Patrick Mahomes as your yeah. quarterback hey. and you don't have Andy Reid as your mentor. Sometimes you got to roll the dice on yourself. You do. You, and you bet know on what? yourself. And sometimes you're going to lose. Yep. But if he never bets on himself, he's going to be stuck there, and then people are going to stop calling for him no sooner or later. That, yeah, we talked about that. Um, so if he doesn't want to, if he doesn't <clears> want to uh, get up, you know, go up the ladder, and upward mobility is not a concern for him. Yeah, fine. He's he's he should be if he's happy where he is. He should stay right there and stop taking these interviews. But something tells me that he he's already said he wants to be yeah, a head coach. That, that he wants to climb the ladder. You want to climb the ladder? You got to roll the dice on yourself and leave Kansas City. Leave your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone, man. I'm what down what with I that. just talked about, the obstacle is the way. Yep. Go find your obstacle and overcome it, and that will lead you to your path. 
It'll lead you to the promised land. The path of the righteousness. Yeah, Let's man. Go. He's got to get the hell away from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And it sounds yeah. crazy to say <laughs> yeah. it, but in order for him to flourish, he's got to go somewhere else. He has to make that move. And every and, and by, it'll, it'll, if he if he if he goes somewhere else and turns around their offense, it'll take him a year or two to get a head coaching job because everybody will go, "See, we told you. Yeah. Told you he was a, we one missed of the best on that. Y'all some idiots. Y'all yep. should have hired him too. Yep. There you go. All right, we come back. We'll talk about Texas basketball. Big game coming up versus the Baylor Bash tonight for a big Monday. We'll talk about their loss to Tennessee and what we can expect to see from Texas basketball coming up tonight versus the Baylor Bash. Right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104 on the Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a smooth soul Monday right here on 104.9 The Horn. Getting ready for Texas basketball. Big Monday. Big Monday. Tonight, Texas men's basketball taking on the Baylor Bears at the Mood Harge. And the Longhorns cannot afford to lose two in a row. No. Not with this stretch they got coming up. And uh, we've talked about this stretch of games coming up for the Longhorns. They started that stretch uh, with the uh, big game in the Big 12 SEC Challenge against Tennessee, which we'll talk about here in a second. Mm-hmm. Lost that matchup. But, man, the uh, Herculean task uh, of uh, games they got ahead of them with Baylor at home, and then they go on the road to the state of Kansas. They got to play Kansas and K State back to back road contest. So, no let up at all. They cannot afford to lose this matchup at home, especially after losing to Tennessee. So, this is going to be a game where both teams will be really desperate. Baylor's desperate because they're really kind of trying to turn their season around. They're at a bit of a crossroads in their season with such a slow start for them. Yep. Kind of dug themselves in a hole, and now everything feels like a must-win for Baylor, especially in Big 12 play. Uh, but for Texas, coming off of the Tennessee loss, you don't want to start digging in a hole. You don't want your first uh, – you haven't had back-to-back losses yet. No. So you don't want that to start and then potentially have a losing streak. Oof. Streak is three. We well, know. Back, we know. Yeah, we, we know, know that from Major League. <laughs> Can't have that happen. So that's why I think you have desperation on part of both teams. I'm expecting a hard-fought game uh, from both sides here. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, and you know this is one of those rivalry games. Well, every game in the Big 12 seems to be a Feels rivalry. Like but, but Scott Drew is one of the best co- coaches in college basketball and has been for quite some time. And now they are ranked number 11, and Texas is ranked 10. So you got a 10 versus 11 matchup tonight in this game. And then you look at uh, one of the best players on their team is Keontae George, He's a, he's a freshman. He's a freshman in D1. You know what I'm saying? So he's yeah. out there playing as well. You, he's number one. And then you got Flagler and LJ Cryer, who's been around for a while. He and, has. And, 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 and these guys show up every single week. And they know what, what they're up against. You're looking for some more maturity mm-hmm. on this Baylor basketball team. But this is also a mature game for, for the Texas Longhorns. Coming off that loss against Tennessee where it was a very physical matchup, Texas wasn't really in it from the very beginning. So you want some of these guys to come back and maybe get a little bit of that that home court advantage. Obviously, the Moody, I'm hoping it's still going to be packed, even though the weather's kind of bad. But I'm hoping everybody can get out there and support them. But this is a true challenge for them. 
And you need to understand who you are. And being in the Big 12, you get back home. That was a non-conference game. Uh, Tennessee now is ranked number two. Mm-hmm. So that y- you look at that game and you're like, wow, we took that one on the chin. But what adjustments can we make within that 48 hours or maybe even 36 hours? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, but what I've loved about Coach Terry and what he's done so far, <clears throat> they haven't had back-to-back losses because he does a great job of correcting whatever issue was that plagued them and it doesn't mm-hmm. become something that is uh, systemic that ends up being an issue for this team. Uh, throughout the season Uh, but against Tennessee it really was I mean it was just a slow start for Texas and they really couldn't and you and you said it Harge earlier Marcus Carr got in foul trouble early on that threw you off that totally threw off the rhythm of the offense Um, they really could never really find their form offensively Uh, other guys like Timmy Allen who you know, uh, always seems to be able to step up in the right moment and choose the right role to play for this offense. He was off, too, and Sergio Barry Rice had to pick up the slack. He mm-hmm. ended up having 21 points. Hell, he may be – I don't know. Do they have a six-man-of-the-year award in college basketball? I think they do. do I think they? they do. Man, he might be in a discussion for it. He's been fantastic coming off the bench for Texas uh, after that 21-point performance. But, yeah, a, a better start. If there's one thing I think they came back to hunt Texas in that Tennessee game. Like I said, it hasn't been – you know, it was a scoring droughts in – well, what game was that the scoring droughts came back it was just, I was just – was, No, the last – the Texas Tech game they went on one. They had a little drought there in the game was, right after was, that. Yeah. Okay. I want to yeah. say maybe the Iowa State game maybe. Is that it? That sounds about right. Yeah. Where they went 18 minutes. Or, but they had, yeah, they, yeah, I mean, it's like, come on. You had those two separate droughts. But either way, that was an issue. But – it hasn't necessarily come back to haunt them in multiple games or back-to-back games, maybe I should say. Uh, they had a defensive lapse. That was in the K-State game. Mm-hmm. That really didn't come back to haunt them. They, fi- they figured that out and found their defensive identity. Uh, in this game, I don't know if you can say that you know they, they got killed on the boards and that's something that's hunting Texas. They're going to get beat on the boards a lot anyway. Right. You can schematically try to work around it and maybe with your attack tactical approach you can do something about being beat up on the boards but when you face a team like Tennessee that just got a size advantage and what's his name Kamwa mm-hmm. uh, he was just a man out there I mean, oh, playing, man, it was he, smooth. beast out there yeah, yeah. Uh, 27 points and 8 rebounds those guys are going to have a significant advantage against Texas because Texas doesn't have a true big and then they beat Texas up on the boards and also beat Texas up in the paint they had a 38 to 23 advantage on the boards a 40 to 28 advantage with points in the paint and Baylor can also hurt you in a similar way they got some size. Yeah, inside, no doubt, yeah. and that's the worry for for most Texas fans. Just like what you were talking about, what can you do to offset the big the bigs on the inside? You got to stretch them out. You got to make them come out and guard and kind of take away that flow of where they feel comfortable inside. Maybe that's the time that he goes in there and he goes with that small lineup that he's done from time to yeah. time as well to try to get him out of that. But the the thing about Baylor is. They have athletic guards and bigs. So that that's going to be the tough angle to go because you may get, if, if I'm Baylor, you may give up a little bit on the offensive side, but you're definitely, I mean, on the defensive side, but you're going to get it back on the offensive side because you're the big guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you, Texas can't match that on the inside right away. 
Yeah, uh, Texas, they like that small ball lineup. Yeah, they I figure do. They, they know they can't match up with a team with a ton of size inside, so they figure let's, ex- let's exacerbate our one advantage. We got great skill guys. We got great athleticism. Um, and the guys that we do think are our bigs, or we classify as our bigs, they can run, and they're really athletic too. Um, so you try to blitz teams with athleticism and with speed, and it does work sometimes, but it's all about when you utilize it as a coach and when you deploy it, and Riding Terry's got to do that at the right time in this game so his feel of the game will be big in this matchup versus Baylor um, and also they need Marcus Carr uh, he's got he can't have foul trouble early on mm-hmm. and he's a guy that has to give you more than 11 points sounds unfair um, because the rest of the starters I want to say every other starter had less than 10 points didn't even score in double digits right. and yet I'm criticizing Marcus Carr <laughs> who did but you know heavy is the head right that right. wears the crown exactly. you're the man Marcus Carr you got to get more than 11 from him and Timmy Allen too he's got to give you a you know he's got to give you double digits, right. or he's got to give you more contribution. So I think they, except I rarely have seen, I, don't, I haven't seen yet, two disappointing performances from Texas. That was a disappointing performance for Tennessee, even though they outscored them in the second half, forty-three right. to forty-two, twelve-point uh, halftime deficit uh, led to an eighty-two seventy-one win for Tennessee. So uh, biggest thing in this matchup is trying to match the physicality that Baylor's going to bring. They're athletic too, but um, Texas. You know, they uh, th- that advantage inside is usually about the physicality, and I want to see Texas be able to match that with Baylor. Yeah, John. it's gonna it's gonna be something to be looked at because for me personally, is this the game where Tyrese Hunter starts to play a little oh, bit better? That'd be amazing. Is this the game where he finds his stroke, being back at home, mm-hmm. getting that energy? He was taking some good open looks on Saturday against Tennessee. They just weren't falling. If I mean. And you got to keep shooting to get yourself out of it. And he's not the guy that we were looking for to be this big scorer anyway. No. But what do we want to see him do? Hustle plays. We want to make sure that he's involved and engaged the entire time. Don't don't lose your fight that you have just because things aren't going your way. Do some other things. Diving on the floor, hustling, steals. Mm-hmm. Boxing out, you know, just those little things that make you feel like you're a part of everything. So I'm thinking that this game might be one that Tyrese Hunter can get himself going. Yeah, no, that'd be big, man. And we always said by the tournament time, and I know the Big 12 feels like it's tournament time because game in and game out, uh, you're being pushed to the limit. Uh, But by tournament time, you want those three guards playing at Right. A high level. You need them playing you at a high level. And by the way, Sir Jabari Rice and Marcus Carr been playing at a really high level all season long. Right. I saw when Jabari Rice <laughs> started hitting them first couple threes, I was like, uh-oh. He's about to really start cooking Ooh, on these fools. And he yeah. did. He had a great game. Yeah, he was 8 of 16, man. He is, I mean, he's been unbelievable. He's getting, he seems to be getting better and better yep. each game. And he just knows uh, how, to, how, how to play his role. And he's been great in clutch time, too. Marcus Carr, he'll bounce back. He's a rubber band man. I got, I got no worries about that. My, like I said, when Tyrese Hunter is playing at a high level mm-hmm. and they have all three guards, they're going to be a really tough team to beat. Yeah. All right. Uh, hopefully they're tough to beat tonight versus Baylor. 7.30 pregame, Craig Way, Eddie Oren on the call, and you'll have uh, the actual uh, the tip, tip-off tip happening at 8 p.m. Right here on yep. 104.9 Horns where you want to listen to that game. All right, we come back. We'll wrap it up, put it in the oven right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 Horns. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here.
It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's... That is... Pop a top again. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time to wrap it up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we'll let you know what's on tap. If you miss any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com and you can catch up with them on the podcast page right there at hornfm.com. All right, Harge, I'm pretty sure for most of us, all of us, at least in this studio, uh, the game is on tap. Watching yep, Texas sure. play Baylor. Big Monday, 730 uh, pre-game right here on 104.9 The Horn, 8 o'clock tip-off uh, with my man Craig Way, the voice of the Longhorns, and Eddie Orn. So keep yeah. it right there, locked in. And I'm going to try to stay warm, Rod. I'm going to try to stay you warm, You got a big bro. coat, man. I did it on purpose, That's baby. a big coat, bro. Hey, man, stay warm, That dog. is a big coat. <laughs> How often do you have to pull out this coat in Texas? Hey, people make fun of me <laughs> because <laughs> I'll wear it when it just gets a little bit cold. Well, dude, you can't wear that coat unless it's like below 40. Yeah. That and thing I'll is put huge. 40's right on the borderline for it. Dude. 40's right on the borderline. Y'all got to see this coat. This coat is huge. Yeah, man. Bro, you look like George Costanza when he <laughs> had the, the big, big coat, coat. Yeah, outside there. You look like that. I'm going to try to stay warm, bro. Man, I'm going to try to stay warm. That thing is really – where did you get that from? What city? You bought it in Texas. That's, I did buy it in Texas. You bought that in Texas? I did buy it in Texas. I didn't Texas. even sold coats like that in oh, Texas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Being like I bought my, De- I bought my to son one, too. He, uh, my older son, Michael, wow. he's got one just like it as well. That thing is huge. I let my boy Doug – he went to the Super Bowl when because uh, he's – they're close with Nick Foles. He said, does anybody have a big jacket? I said, I got the perfect jacket for you. Do you do? I gave him this jacket. He said, I've never been so warm. Because <laughs> <laughs> that Super Bowl was in Minnesota. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they've tried to not promise Super Bowls to cold weather players exactly. like that. I mean, because the fans are miserable. I used to have jackets like that when I lived in like Detroit. For sure. And Colorado and New Jersey. I don't have I don't have jackets like that anymore. Hey man, that thing is huge. Let me know if you want to borrow. Hey it, bro. man, hey you you, my, you my you Costanza jacket. Yeah, you're gonna be sweating <laughs> here pretty soon. That's so funny. I saw a picture of Costanza oh, bro. with that jacket on. You they look, were talking about when you're getting ready to watch Kansas City and Cincinnati <laughs> play. This is how you gotta dress. <laughs> I think it, it was like Gore-Tex or something. It was, it was, like, Gore-Tex. Yeah, it was like Gore-Tex or something. Man, that's what's up. I used to tell people this was my triple, triple fat goose. Bro, you know that thing is huge. Yeah, like, where did you have it during the show? I had it on the chair. Okay. Yeah. Dang, well, so you need like a, a coat closet for that thing. That thing is huge. Uh, all right. Uh, well, so uh, for Harge's jacket and myself, <laughs> and Harge, uh, I guess we're ready to say bye. Also, right. I'm going to watch the game tonight. Uh, but also, have you watched the um, the Netflix movie You People yet? No, I can't wait. With Have Eddie Murphy? It? No, I'm going to watch I'll probably watch it tonight after the game. I'm actually probably watch it in the morning because everything's going to be closed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they ain't gave us off yet. Man, what is up with that? I don't know. Making national radio, baby, because like, I'll sleep in the house. Right? I'll be out there all day. We are not guaranteed we're going to be here tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, we should. Uh, but if it's not safe, then we'll have to be here on Wednesday after that. But remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll be talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care yourselves but more importantly take care of each other be safe on those roads out there people we love you peace